0: Hi, I'm Alicia Lockhart. And I'm
1: LaDonna Humphrey. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets, the podcast that shines a light in dark places.
0: Today's episode takes us to Salem, Oregon, which is sometimes referred to as Cherry City because of its history uh, with cherry growing. Salem is the capital of Oregon and it's smack dab in the center of the Willamette River. It's the third largest city in Oregon, just right after Portland and Eugene. I actually grew up in Oregon, so I'm really familiar with all of these areas. I have family in Salem, and I can say that Salem has had its fair share of deep, dark secrets. Salem claims serial killer Richard Lawrence Marquette. He killed three women between the years of 1961 and 1975, and he would drain their blood and mutilate their bodies and dismember their bodies and then scatter them all over outdoors. He, (laughs) yes, frightful. That was, of course, ended in the 70s. There's also another very notorious serial killer coming from Salem, Oregon, which is Jerry Brudos. Have you heard of him, LaDonna? I have not. He is sometimes called the Shoe Fetish Slayer. Anne Rule wrote a whole book about him that was called The Lust Killer. So I guess he goes by both of those names. He would bludgeon women and then strangle them. So very similar to Melissa Witt's experience. He had killed four young women between 1968 and 1969. Kind of a short, tight window there. And there were even a few women who he had attempted to abduct and murder that got away. So that's how he was caught. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, those women were able to get away and tell police enough that they could identify him. He was quite unique in that he liked to keep his victim's shoes and their underwear and even their bodies. And he would keep them all in his garage and he would spend time out there in the garage with the bodies. He would dress up in his victim's high heels and And he would masturbate over their corpses that were just, you know, had been in there for a long time, were rotting, very, very decomposed. That's terrible. Yes, very extreme serial killer. And one of the details about his story that really floors me is that he had a wife and she was told never to go into the garage. So he would just spend hours out there in the garage with his victim's corpses. And he had an intercom system set up with his wife. So she would have to press the intercom and like communicate with him through that so that she never found all of his deep, dark secrets in the garage. That's strange. And Could she not smell the rotting flesh from these corpses in the garage? She wasn't aware that they were there until some of these women that he tried to abduct are leading the police back to him. It seems like his wife didn't know, or she says she didn't know.
1: Wow, that's terrible. But you know, that's not the only deep, dark secret that Salem has. There's one that hasn't been told. And that's about a seedy death fetish producer who's been lurking in the suburbs. He still is. He's filming women meeting their demise, and he's been doing that since 2006, believe it or not. And his name is John Marshall Washburn. He owns and operates a death fetish pornography website. And today I'd like to expose some of his secrets on this podcast here with Alicia. And we're going to talk about a company called Peachy Keem Films. It also goes by PKF Studios. Their website is actually pkfstudios.com. You can find that easily through a Google search, which is pretty scary because that means anybody could come across it, including your kids. So you should be concerned about that. Mm You've got these young and impressionable teenagers, you know, young adults that could stumble upon it. And I just think that's awful. The website loads with a screen that makes you click once on an agree button stating that you are 18 years old and mentally sound. So it's not hard to get into. It's just literally a click of a button. You may not really be 18 years old or mentally sound, but if you click yes,
0: it's going to let you in. And And who's not going to click yes? You (laughs) want to see what the website is.
1: Well, exactly. But I also think it's really misleading to have the name Peachy Keen Films. That doesn't sound very death fetish-like to me. But Not at all. Not at all. It's a little bit misleading. So click past the agree button and get to Peachy Keen Films. And it's just, it's gruesome, I think. The front page has this naked blonde. She's lying there, lifeless on the ground. Her legs are bound with rope. It's very clear that the idea is that she's been kidnapped. She has blood spots that or all over her body, across her bare chest and her stomach. Her skin is very pale, it's very ashen. I mean she looks like a corpse laying there. It's very, very graphic. It's horrifying. So if somebody stumbles upon this, I mean they're going to be immediately appalled. And I think what's worse, Alicia, is that if you look at those categories on the page, I mean, they are awful. There are categories that say bagging. Yeah, I'm
0: staring at the front
1: page too. Yeah, you see it? It's bagging. Women with their heads or whole bodies that are bagged up with plastic bags. Execution. Postmortem. Shooting. Stabbing. Asphyxiation.
0: And this is just horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of content on here. This producer, John Marshall Washburn, He's one of the leading producers, one of the big players in this death fetish community. He's been in business for so long and he has just thousands and thousands of videos. And he's one of the more hardcore producers. And what I mean by that is that there's real sex going on in these films. Some of the producers make films and it's You look at it and you wonder because of the angle, could this be simulated sex or not? But there's no question here with peachy keen films. It's very hardcore pornography showing acts of rape and necrophilia. You get into this website here and you start scrolling down and even if you decide, no, I'm not going to click on any of those horrible categories, you're already face to face with these videos because he's got the latest uploads right on the screen screen. You're going to see these videos whether or not you want to because he's making previews of them to sell them. So the first one that I see here, it's called execution for treason. And just so you can get an idea of what we're looking at here, I'm going to read you the little text description of the video. So it says, a woman is accused of treason and put in a cell She panics as a soldier explains to her, her crime and her sentence. She's allowed to have one phone call and in tears, she tries to ask for help and she says her goodbyes to her loved ones. Then the phone line is cut off before she can finish. Later, she's forced to strip and the soldier humiliates her by rubbing a sponge all over her nude body. Then she's taken out of the cell. She's anchored to a post with metal cuffs securing her wrists above and below her feet. There is no escape. Uh-huh. She knows she's going to die. She's given a last cigarette, but the soldier is unable to light it for her, and her time has run out. With a rifle pointed at her, she's shot through the heart. Her blood sprays out, and she slumps and dies. She's taken down from the post and laid out for display on the cold cement floor.
1: It's terrible, and I just want to add here that anybody can stumble upon these films through a Google search. I want the parents that are listening to understand that your kids could actually come across this on the Internet.
0: What really bothers me about this description here is that this is written to be the selling point of this video. So these things that they're saying that she's panicked and she's crying and she's anchored to this post, she's going to die. Somebody is reading this and they're getting aroused by it. They're getting turned on. They can't wait to click the buy button. They want to see more of it. I just can't believe that Reading this paragraph here that makes me nauseous is so arousing to somebody else.
1: Well, I think that the video, that it's tagged with some search terms, too. And those really, really disturb me. Clearly, people have been searching for those terms. And so they've tagged this video as nudity, terror, panic, crying, despair, groping, execution, shooting, heart shot body views, foot views, execution, shooting, stripping, all of those things. This is what these death fetish or fetishers are looking
0: for. I see there's another tag there that says 18 plus teen, which means that they know that this would be a good film for somebody who's looking for like teenage pornography because the model is young looking. So that's kind of gross too.
1: It's disgusting. And it's sort of what you mentioned earlier.
0: These are people,
1: men, who are looking to get sexually aroused by seeing a woman who is panicking, crying, or in despair. I can't with this. This is terrible.
0: There's a lot going on in this video. Or like they mentioned that he's giving her a sponge bath without her consent. There's a guy that has the gun. He's going to shoot her. So there's a lot of different fetishes that could be covered here. I know that we can't. Show a video, but I want to play a little audio for our listeners just so they can kind of hear get get the sense of what this sounds like. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit the play button here for you listeners. Please let me out. I
1: didn't do anything wrong.
0: You were sentenced to
1: death by firing squad. I love you so much. What are you going to do to me?
0: That's a little audio sample there of what these videos sound like. It's creepy. It's terrible.
1: Even though there's no sex in this video, that's pretty awful as it is.
0: The girl's crying on the phone. She's having to say goodbye and she says, I love you because she's talking to somebody uh, for the last time. It's
1: terrifying.
0: It's still mind boggling for me to try to wrap my head around. This is what some people want. This is what 100,000 people are looking for out of a pornography. They want to see a woman in despair like this. Another thing that I found interesting about this video is that if you look really closely, you can actually see the male actor in this video is another death fetish producer that I have come to find through my research. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy. Are you going to tell us who it is? Oh, yeah. The guy in this video, his name is Chris Brown. That's his name that he goes by. He is the owner of Chris Corner Productions. So I think that just seeing that, it's like, are these guys best friends? They all hang out together in person and fantasize about killing women? I mean, I guess.
1: You've got some guys that go out for a beer together. You've got these guys that are making death fetish pornography together. That's concerning. Mm -hmm. They're running in the same circles.
0: Yeah, and I think it just kind of gives a little bit of credence to our observation in our research that this is a tight-knit community of people. Maybe 100,000 people looking for this content, but it's a pretty core group, small group of mostly men who are making films like this, and they know each other.
1: It's awful, and I think it's a good time to take a look at another film and describe that to the listeners so that they know how horrific this is. And and this one is titled The Hillside Killer 9. And I'd like to point out that this is pretty common in the industry. The fetishers that are making these films, they make up serial killer names, and then they film a series of the same guy who's, you know, offing or killing multiple women in film after film. So apparently this is the ninth video of this guy killing someone. The description is just pretty scary. It's a, a young woman. Her name is Lana. Lana is on the phone with her friend, explaining that she has brought a romantic interest, a co-worker, home with her. The man emerges from the bathroom, and Lana gets off the phone, and the couple settle in on the couch, you know, as a young couple would. They kiss, and soon he's giving her a foot massage. The death fetish production companies are always slipping in foot fetish material. Have you noticed that, Alicia?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of foot fetish in these videos, and I think they're probably just trying to hit as many markets as they can to sell their videos, or I guess I could be wrong about that. Maybe, Maybe death fetish and foot fetish go hand in hand, but there's a lot of... Close ups of people's toes in these kind of videos.
1: Definitely in this one, because when it seems that this co worker is too into her feet for her comfort, she abruptly ends the date. He's not ready to leave, so he wraps a nylon stocking around her neck and viciously strangles her. It's a long struggle with lots of stretch out display of her nimble body and long nylon clad legs. Eventually, they tumble to the floor for more positions continued strangling and ultimately her untimely death with that done he gets her back up on the couch and her face for a while before taking her upstairs and posing her on the bed he leaves knowing that he would return soon for more fun later the csis arrive and work on the scene they do the usual checking the body leaving markers taking photos all while having random conversations with each other about their lives Eventually, one of them has to leave to go to another scene, vowing to return later. The female CSI continues processing the body, unaware that she is about to be attacked by the hillside killer. And I know that's graphic, but the, I mean, this is the description of this video.
0: This description is going to entice one of these fetishers to hit the buy button really fast. Like, again, it's just. I cannot believe that somebody could be reading this and be in such a different mindset than we are when we read it. It blows my mind.
1: I struggled reading it. I struggled reading it as horrible as it sounded and just how graphic it was. And I can't imagine seeing it and being so excited by it that I, you know, clicked buy purchase on the video. I don't, I don't understand.
0: To help somebody find this video, they could find it if they were searching for foot fetish, foot handling, high heels, pantyhose, groping, nylon garret strangle, posing, rolling, carrying, lifting, dragging, CSI, crime scene, necro face f-ing, body play, one shoe on, one shoe off. Is that like a, that's a thing that people are looking for?
1: I think so. I've noticed that in other videos. There's lots of videos in these forums where the women have one shoe on and one shoe off.
0: You know, I guess that makes sense, though, because that's like what you would imagine happening at a real crime scene if a girl was struggling to get away from you.
1: Yeah, think about the Melissa Trotter crime scene that she had one shoe on and one shoe off.
0: Yeah, she did.
1: I think there's other tags on that. Postmortem is always on these tags, I've noticed always strangling, stripping.
0: And I want to make sure that our listeners know that when they talk about stripping here, it's not like erotic striptease. Stripping in the death fetish community is when the assailant is taking off clothing piece by piece from a dead body.
1: It's terrible stuff to watch. It really is. It's disturbing. Someone thought to film that And that that entices people to purchase it and be sexually aroused. I hope the listeners are feeling as horrified as we are right now.
0: I'm sure that this is striking a chord for some people. And I know that they can't see the video, thankfully. But one of the more disturbing features of this This one, to me, when I look at the preview that they show, is that this guy, after he's strangled this woman, he's holding her hair and just like yanking her limp body around by her hair and just raping her. It's not just this one woman in this film. He, at the end of it, he's attacking a second woman. Like he's just insatiable. Like there's not enough murder for this this person in the film it's it's
1: a graphic depiction of murder and of the inability to I think control themselves and that women I think the thing that that sticks out to me the most is that this film like most of them but this one particularly shows that women are just objects to be disposed of at will And used in any capacity that the male in the film feels is necessary to gratify whatever sexual need they have at the moment. That's an awful message that they are sending to the world. That women are nothing more than just a body that can gratify them, can be used in any way, shape or form. I mean, it's just the way he treats her some in this video. It's like she's a rag doll when he is attacking her and raping her. And it's just, I had a really, really hard time with this video.
0: It's painful to watch. And I think this political climate that we're in right now too, with women standing up together against sexual harassment and rape and all the ways that we've been marginalized by men and abuse stories, I think that it's the right time for us to be putting this out here in the public and saying, is this okay?
1: It should open some eyes. I mean, I hope that it does because this video hits on all of those points. It's this horrifying depiction of murder, rape, and abuse on a level that I think it's hard for some people to imagine, but we've got people that are excited by this. You know, they're, they're making the films and people are purchasing the films. Otherwise, Peachy Keen films would not still be in business right? I mean, he's got to have a customer base. And I think we need to be afraid of that customer base and what they're out and doing in their own communities. That's the part that I'm, I'm struggling with because that's one of the issues that I want to speak out about is the people who are purchasing these films that are keeping peachy keen films bankrolled are living in our communities.
0: Yeah, he's got worldwide customers. He's one of the most successful death fetish producers in the whole industry. And that seems to be not argued. Most people agree that that's the case. He's kind of the golden standard for these producers. They Everybody wants to be John Marshall Washburn in the death fetish community. So I want to take another look. This will We'll just do one more because I just found this one here while I was scrolling. It's a video called Final Tease. And the description says, Dave was frustrated. This really hot girl he was seeing on webcam kept promising that they would meet up, but then she would always have an excuse not to. So he decided to meet up with her photographer. He was a problem solver. They arranged to give the girl one last chance. So I guess he's saying that the guy hunted down her photographer, and that's weird. Um, He started a live chat so that the photographer could see the kind of girl she was. When he asked her if they could meet up like she promised at the start of the show, she came up with another lame excuse. So they decided they needed to go get her and show her the error of her ways and that being a tease was not cool. Later, the girl was on the phone with her friend talking about business, and she was saying that there were a lot of creeps that she does webcam shows for. Suddenly, she's attacked, chloroformed, and unconscious after a short struggle. Dave and the photographer work together. They lift her up on the bed, tie her up, and Dave spends the time he's been longing for with her. He feels her all over, and when she wakes up, He forces her to suck his Choking her with it as he does. For the next long while, he sexually assaults her. He changes positions a few times. He reties her both in the back and on her stomach. When he's finally done, he chloroforms her again and they're ready to take her to a place for a big finish. She wakes up tied to an X-frame. They threaten her with a blade, and then they beat her. Oh, this is hard to read. The photographer is whipping her mercilessly, leaving marks all over her body. Her breasts are turning purple from being tied up so tightly. Suddenly, with the flash and steady pulse of a taser gun, they're watching her skin jiggle with each jolt of electricity. After a while, she goes unconscious. How many different ways can you torture someone? Oh my gosh.
1: This is awful.
0: So they wake her up with a splash of water to her face, turn her around and whip her back until bloody red streaks appear. When they're done whipping her, they brand her ass with a hot iron. As Dave is shocking her with a wet sponge hooked to a power source, he pulls his mask off. She's freaked out. She pleads for him to stop, but he continues to shock her body, relishing in her pain. She's beaten, bloody, and weak. The photographer knows that her story must end now. He tucks the soaked sponge behind her neck, and they wait, while electricity pulses through her shaking and jiggling body until she slumps naturally, dead. They get her down on the cold concrete and leave her body cooling. That is
1: God, just God. Uh, sickening. I mean, it is sick. The tags on this video are equally sickening. Violence, teen, young, nudity. So apparently Peachy Keen Films is not opposed to the idea of murdering teenage young girls. That should be disturbing to any of the the moms listening to this podcast dads too
0: do you see where it says real orgasm what is that because this guy really had an orgasm during the filming of this they have to tell you that
1: oh i don't know i didn't see that i saw the explicit sexual content and but oh bondage long multiple position sexual assault i I don't even know if i can even read the rest of this but it's it's violent Branding, hitting, electrocution, begging, crying, screaming, torture.
0: Yeah, I really don't like the forced licking and forced fingering. So again, we're hinting at this is not consensual. It's a rape, rape and torture video.
1: These tags are searchable words that people have used for other things on their website. And they know to tag this video with those key words that people are looking for.
0: Yeah, so this guy, you know, some guy might be just obsessed with people getting chloroformed, knocked out. And so he's going to find this video through searching chloroformed.
1: It's wow, disturbing. It's difficult for me to comprehend that this exists.
0: I think that at the beginning of our undercover investigation, I just, I didn't know how bad it could go get really but the more that we've dug into this community and the content that's there it's all shocking and horrifying it leaves me speechless sometimes
1: well i think john marshall washburn should be ashamed of himself
0: i wish that we could have him on the show but he's really he's not interested in speaking to anybody about his quote-unquote artwork
1: Artwork. That's where I get tripped up on is that they, and I say they, the fetishers, these communities, these forums, these people openly write about how this is an art form. They are depicting the murder of young women. That is not art. That is disgusting.
0: And they really do consider themselves artists. There's even one of the producers that we'll cover in a later episode that's like the I think he considers himself the Shakespeare of death fetish.
1: Oh, that's laughable. I can't wait to talk about him.
0: If you click on the About
1: section, there's quite a little write-up about Peachy Keen films.
0: Oh, yeah, I see that here. So I guess this is what John Marshall Washburn wants us to know about his company and his artwork. So it says, In 2006, after 10 years of being the co-founder of another well-known fantasy horror site called Rue Morgue, I started Peachy Keen Film Studios. I've always been a film connoisseur and had admiration for the horror film genre, which often has low budgets and uses creative techniques to tell stories. Growing up in the eighties and watching films throughout the decades, as well as spending my youth as an amateur filmmaker and my college days in film school, my aspirations were big. (laughs) I'm sorry. But my path changed as I discovered the art of photography and focused on nature and modeling. The love of the human form and my admiration for women in particular led me to partner with someone with similar interests and we started Rue Morg, which is a, another death fetish production company.
1: Hold on. I've got to ask. His admiration for women? He is making movies about murdering women. I don't understand how that's equating to
0: admiration. It's twisted. He's got a twisted sense of logic there. It continues on to say, at the end of a decade, I was able to go from being a full-time photographer to a horror fetish producer. Over 16 years, I produced, directed, and edited thousands of horror fetish movies. My driving passion has been a combination of parody, and originality, which you may notice in most of my films. And yes, I know, while they are loved by many and silly to some, they are repulsive to others. But I feel like with all digital media, there's a place for such art, such as PKF films curated by me, to be viewed by autonomous human adults that have free will, inalienable rights, and understand that this work is purely entertainment
1: it is repulsive mr washburn and it is not entertainment to watch the brutal murder and rape of young women
0: when i read this i see that this person is so almost like flamboyant in in their expression of feeling like this is a Good piece of art that they're putting out into their community. It floors me to realize that he's living in Salem, Oregon, the same place that my family lives. And he's going to bake sales and sporting events and going to the same grocery stores and gyms that my loved ones are going to. And nobody knows that he's spending all of his time and energy thinking about different ways to torture, rape, and kill women. He tries to make
1: himself sound like he's just a normal movie producer that's following his passion for producing these films. It's almost as if he's forgotten that these are graphic, repulsive, murderous films that are frightening, that the general population would be horrified to know that they exist. And one of the things that I think it's really important to share is that during our undercover investigation, John Marshall Washburn's name came up a few times, Alicia, especially with some some models that you talked to undercover.
0: Yeah, as a former model myself, I decided to kind of take the lead in building some relationships with other death fetish models and asking them about their experiences. And there were three models, I think, that I spoke to that had worked with John Marshall Washburn and would not do it again, felt very thankful to be alive after that experience. And so it's just kind of known in the industry that there's some abusive behavior going on there at that film studio um, according to some of the other models that I've spoken with.
1: Uh, That says a lot about him as a person. Speaks volumes that these people are afraid of him, that they feel like they escape with their lives. And I think in some cases, these women have. Some of these videos look very, very, very real. And (laughs) john marshall washburn i've seen him post in the forums i know you have too Uh, he's always defending death fetish and i think he wants to keep it you know a dirty little secret amongst their community the fetish community that is
0: there was a thread that i saw in one of the forums where this new producer was talking to everybody else about how he was going to launch a podcast about death fetish And John Marshall Washburn, he got into that discussion as quick as could be. And he says this, he says, I chose a path of minimal sales with no advertising outside of our fetish bubble because of past experiences and what has happened to other producers who tried to advertise. I might be a little jealous when a studio gets some brief traction on social media but it usually fizzles out because that sort of exposure brings out the Karens and Kens. Just please watch out for our community. And he's, he's saying that because he doesn't want this other producer to advertise his films anywhere to make a podcast. He goes on to say, my concern is that the audience will include non-community members. So he's saying that somebody might hear this podcast that's not in our death fetish community. He also says therefore bringing unwanted attention to our community. As a producer, I do not want to bring undue attention to my work from the general public. I would certainly not be interested in contributing to or being associated with any podcast. I'm not sure what the other producers think about this, but that's my opinion. Trying to explain ourselves to those who do not have our fetish is doomed to failure. And it will spawn more of the type of trolls that shut down Fet Noir, which is a website that we had just started investigating when they discovered that LaDonna and I were undercover. And they felt so strongly about outsiders being in their community looking around that they took down at the whole death fetish forum, they were terrified of us reading what was in there.
1: They took down several forums actually and you know, they went scattering like cockroaches in the sunlight. And by the way, that's one of my favorite lines in the book that we wrote. Alicia and I came together and we've also written a book called Strangled and it's about our undercover investigation into the death fetish community and, you know, a deeper dive into some of the things that we personally experience during that investigation.
0: There's information like this, but so much more as well. It's a good read for anybody that feels interested in this topic that wants to learn more about it. I do see here, I have a little screen grab from when we were investigating. And I find this so interesting because it's two characters that we know from our investigation. I think it was our last episode, we touched on a user named Horror Man, This user who calls himself Horror Man, he's a scary member. He's kind of an outcast in the community. And he posts a lot of little short stories and comments that make it seem like he could really be a murderer. And so I see here, he is asking on one of the forums, he says, this is for the fetish producers out there. What tricks do you use to make it look like a woman is really strangling? like with the rope or the hands. I know that you use a harness when you're hanging them, but how do you make it look so real? Please explain to me. So right away, John Marshall Washburn replies, and his response is, it's no secret. We really strangle them. Funny, though, the ones that really excel at it never do another video.
1: That's one of those screen grabs that I think we need to send to the FBI.
0: I think so too, because they can go through his films. Maybe they can do some more follow-up work that we're not, you know, we're not the FBI. We don't have the the tools that they do to follow through this investigation. But I think that this guy, John Marshall Washburn, he's flown under the radar so much because of his location. He's in Salem, Oregon. And Oregon is... I think the first state that has taken away their obscenity laws, they've decided that obscenity laws are unconstitutional, that people should have free speech. So they don't have any obscenity laws in the state of Oregon currently. It is still federally illegal to make these kinds of films, though. So I think that the FBI might be interested in seeing what we're seeing here.
1: I think they might. I understand the reason why Oregon did away with their obscenity laws, but I'm not sure that the death fetish community was on their radar, you know, when they were considering that this is really its own little ball game of things that have to be looked at, I think separately because this is depicting not just acts of sex for sex. Films are depicting murder but then acts of sex with a corpse, which is illegal and utterly disgusting and repulsive. And generally, uh, I mean, it's immoral and illegal. And I think that John Marshall has flown under the radar, like you have said. And I think he is terrified of people knowing Who he is and the company he owns and what he's all about and what he supports. So I do kind of want to touch back on what he said earlier uh, because I had to chuckle. You know, you're reading this quote from him where he does not want any undue attention to come (laughs) to Peachy Keen Films. You were reading that and I was saying, hello, I'm waving hello, John Marshall Washburn, this is your unwanted attention, because we are going to share this with the general public, because they need to know.
0: This information that we have about him, this didn't come from any dirty deeds that we did. We can look up public knowledge about this company, and there it is. It's all there. His name, his address, all of that. So it's public knowledge and it should continue to be public knowledge that this man is doing this in Salem, Oregon.
1: You know, I would encourage the listeners to learn how to look up business owners and corporations in their state. There's easy ways to do it. And you can read some of this stuff for yourself. You can find out for yourself who's who owns some of these companies. And that's exactly what we did. I think it's an important tool that others can use if they come across other companies that maybe we've missed or there's some others that are flying under the radar if they're running legally in their state in terms of they've set up their llc or the business properly there's always a paper trail to who they are to their true identity and i think that's important because that is the only way that we're ever going to be able to really put a stop to this is if we say hey This person is in your community. This is the business that they run. Their children are on your little league team with your kids. I think that's important. I would want to know. I would absolutely want to know if my family was encountering someone that was responsible for these kind of films.
0: I agree. This is something that we'll be at for a long while. We're going to go through all the production companies we know, and we will release their names and locations so that people can be informed about who's around them and what they're fantasizing about all day. We're going to be talking to people about law changes in Oregon, and we welcome you to join us in that effort. So if you're interested in helping change some of the laws that currently exist in Oregon, go ahead and reach out to us. Tell
1: us at Podcast at gmail.com.
0: We also want to hear from you if you have a dark secret in your community that you want to expose. So that's another good reason to contact us through that email address. We always look forward to connecting with other people because we really are stronger together.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep your lights on.
0: For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode.